welcome back, fantails and fronds, grouper and guppies. It's time for another episode of Teals with a Wheel, the only show to be hosted by a massive marine mammal turned marine biologist turned marine podcaster, me, Betty the Blue Whale. If you couldn't tell by the title, I'm a blue whale, the biggest animal in the ocean and on the entire planet. So who better to bring you all of your information about the goings-on from sea to sea than a big blue whale straight from our famous underwater studio here at the bottom of the Pflugerville Ocean. If you're a regular fan of all our offerings here at Go Kid Go, then you know that I sometimes like to swim my way into the adventures of those incomparable companions, Xavier and Atlas, on their adventure series, Whale of a Tail. Well, now I have my own show, where we talk about the fabulous oceans and all the magical marine marvels that live in it. I'm backed by the famous All Clam Jam Band, and of course, my eternal amigo and amazing reporter, Bubbles the Seahorse. Hey, Bubbles! Well, howdy, Betty. May I say you're looking especially blue and whale-like today? Aw, Bubbles, I did just get my blubber shined. Thanks for noticing. Well, that music means it's time to move on to our first segment of the day, a little thing I like to call Cetacean Sensation. Always the first conversation in this operation. Right you are, Bubbles. Now, listeners, as you already know, cetaceans are mammals, which means we're warm-blooded. We breathe air, and we birth and nurse our young. But every cetacean is different when it comes to giving birth. For instance, the blue whale only reproduces once every three years, while the bottlenose dolphin reproduces once every two to six years. Some species, like the tiny porpoise vaquita, will produce a calf every other year. One thing that is common among all the cetaceans is that we like to nurture our young. In the case of bottlenose dolphins, they will nurse their calves for roughly 18 months and sometimes even longer. After they give birth, they will line their calves up alongside them in the water so that there's barely any separation between them. While bottlenose dolphins don't have arms to hold their babies, this is their way of carrying their infants. Aww. It creates more drag in the current, which means the mothers have to work extra hard to swim through the water. But it also creates a break in the current so that it's easier for their babies to swim. Well, that music means it's time to move on to our next segment of the day. And since it's Wednesday, that means we're moving on to Underwater Mystery Theater. Where we showcase one of the fascinating features of the ocean that you may not have heard of before. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about seagrass meadows. Seagrass meadows are an underwater ecosystem formed by seagrasses. What is a seagrass, you ask? Well, a seagrass looks kind of like the grass you find in your yard, only this one grows under the sea and needs to live in salt water to survive. They're actually flowering plants that produce long, grass-like leaves. But just like grass on land, they produce seeds and pollen 
and have roots and rhizomes, which help them stand tall in the shifting ocean sands. Seagrass is the only known flowering plant in the sea, which makes seagrass meadows extra special. These seagrass meadows have sometimes been referred to as the prairies of the ocean, not only for their similarities in looks to prairies on land, but also because they are a rich ecosystem that rivals coral reefs for providing habitats and food to a diverse abundance of marine life, just like their counterparts, prairies on land. Invertebrates like shrimp and crabs, marine mammals like sea otters and dugongs, and endangered species like seahorses and turtles all benefit from seagrass meadows in some way whether by using the long, grass-like leaves as shelter from predators, as a nursery for their young, or visiting them to find their food. Ooh. Hey, that reminds me of a joke. Bubbles, what did the sea otter say to the clam? Gee, I don't know, Betty. He said, I dig you, man. <laughs> because sea otters dig clams. No? Um, okay, well, um, maybe I'll just get back to talking about the meadow. Speaking of sea otters, they have a role to play in the health of seagrass meadows. If you remember from yesterday's episode, the sea otter is what's known as a keystone species, and this can be observed even in seagrass meadows. Sea otters love to eat clams, and clams bury themselves in the sand in the meadows. When sea otters dig them up, it leaves behind hollows that are perfect for more seagrass to grow in. These hollows are also perfect for seagrass to cross-pollinate, and when they do, a new, hardier version of seagrass grows up in the meadow. Because of this, where sea otters are abundant, we can see that seagrass meadows are more robust and have more diverse grasses, which keeps them healthier and stronger for longer. In turn, where scientists have found strong seagrass meadows, they've also found that storms do less damage to coral reefs and coastal lands, as the seagrass meadow acts as a buffer. It can even absorb the energy from the waves. Ooh. Wow, who knew meadows were so tough? Seagrass meadows exist all over the world, and you can find them in both tropical and temperate seas, which means they like both warm and colder water but don't go looking for them near Antarctica. That is the only place in the world where seagrass meadows do not flourish, as when the water is too cold, the grass can't grow. But while cold water is the only natural enemy of the seagrass meadow, unfortunately, humans can cause great damage to seagrass meadows through overfishing or by using fishing boats that dredge the ocean floor, which in turn tears the seagrass out of its sandy home. Pollution also harms the seagrass, which is why people need to pay extra close attention to their impacts on the sea. Fortunately, some groups on the east coast of the U.S. and in the U.K. have been working to restore lost seagrass meadows, and their efforts have been so far successful. Well, that music means we've reached the end of another episode. Thanks for joining us today. I'd like to thank the All Clam Jam Band and Bubbles the Seahorse. And remember folks, if you enjoyed this show, why not check out all of our other great shows available from Go Kid Go. 
There's always plenty of cool content to check out wherever you get your podcasts. So long and happy swimming! Woohoo! Go, kid, go! 